hello and wish you all a very happy new year and welcome uh, to the very first podcast from Cool Earth Connections. I'm your host Deepa Kulkarni and with me is Susan Thoman who is the Principal Managing Director of CMA which is Compost Manufacturers Alliance. Um, very happy to have you here, Susan, and uh, really, uh, you know, wish you a very happy new year. And we hope this is going to be a fantastic year for all of us and in the field of sustainability as well. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be here today. Oh, you're very welcome. So to start with, um, what is CMA? Um, if you want to, you know, elaborate on that. Sure. So the Compost Manufacturing Alliance um, is a group of composters who came together about four years ago, and they're all private companies that are pretty well known for their contribution to composting in the United States, really leaders and pioneers in the industry. Um, And and what we've decided to come together on and collaborate on um, is to ensure that compostable products which are growing uh, in use and you know when you look at plastics in the ocean and you look at trying to divert materials from the landfill into you know away from the landfill and you and you look at sustainability programs and big food service operations and stadiums and games everyone's trying to get to the next level in sustainability and so compostables play a role in that so when we go to the ball game if there's a little bit of cheesy chips left in the container instead of having to clean it and put it in a recycling bin you can chuck the whole thing in one bin Mm -hmm. and that creates tonnage into the compost facility and it also um, allows them to avoid landfilling it and many times those costs can be higher true um so cost avoidance environmental sustainability you know minimizing our carbon footprint by composting versus throwing it all in the landfill um, that piece of it that has to do with compostable packaging is really what CMA's focused on. Okay. And, and what that means is what we've done is there are very well established standards in the lab for what's considered compostable um, in terms of its constituency. Is it safe? Is it okay to put in compost? Are there metals? Is mm-hmm. it going to be phytotoxic? Will it actually biodegrade and convert from biomass to water? in nature versus fragment. So so there's all these lab standards that are the first step right. in working with CMA that we want to make sure are met. And those can get met through ASTM ISO certified labs or BPI certification. But we're taking it a step further because many of those items that are put into lab tests that are predicted to compost or disintegrate is the word we use. With newer systems and more capacity pressure to get more through in a in a composting system in, in in less time that's put a lot of pressure on the composters where the the cycles of time available to break those materials down there may be gaps between okay. the lab standards and the field so okay. we actually are are one of two third-party certifiers in the u.s mm-hmm. and our certification includes the lab standards but also a field test Okay. To make sure the products are actually going to disintegrate in the facilities they're t- intended for. So that's really what we do is we take the lab standards, field standards, and then we develop lists that connect to our partner facilities and affiliates 
So they have a nice list of what's accepted. So it's easy for a city or a hauler or a consumer to go, I wonder what I can put in the bin that's compostable. We right. have these lists. Those are resources. That's wonderful. And so we tried to create a simple system that's driven from the composter and not necessarily the supply chain because the supply chain doesn't always understand the challenges at these individual facilities. Right. Okay. And um, so you actually go on the location of uh, these facilities that have different feedstocks and then you uh, do tests for them. Uh, we do. We, we put packaging, cups, plates, forks, knives, right. wraps, literally in the composting piles where they're intended to go. That's right. what they're designed to do by the great designers that make them. And we, and we put them in the pile, and at the end of the process, we take them out and say, did it disintegrate adequately? So if it was, a, for instance, what we call a, a biopolymer, let's say it's a piece of cutlery that's designed from a special plastic that biodegrades and meets all the lab standards, mm -hmm. if that pink piece of cutlery, if it was made pink, comes into a compost facility and it only breaks down 80%, 20% of it's going to be left in the soil and somebody's going to think you got rotten compost. True. So we're really trying to address the fact that visually and operationally, those materials also need to break down right. um, enough to an extent that they won't be considered a contaminant or, or will inhibit the sale of good, clean compost. So okay. that's a lot of the operation side. I think the general public doesn't understand. That's why yeah, being able to exactly. be on your podcast is so exactly. important to us because we need the public to understand that there's some limitations. Absolutely. Um, and you know what, what I realized was there is a lot of... Um, uh, you know, talk about recyclability, um, upcycling materials and things like that. But uh, there is not much that is uh, out there uh, regarding composting. And um, and I think that is really important. Um, you know, I mean, recyclability is great, but composting will also help uh, reduce, um, you know, landfills, right? Oh, yes. So, There's so many benefits to composting. There's the climate change initiative that, yes. you know, we sequester carbon in the soil when we use compost. There's the fact that if it's compostable plastic versus a historical plastic, if there aren't good, robust, established recycling programs, because we really don't want to take, like, water bottles that have great programs for recycling and downcycle them into composting. Right. But if you have an all-compostable, you know, dine-in service... That's where we say go all compostable because you don't want to mix the two. You don't want right. to mix recycling with compostables. But it's a great program because everything goes not just away. It actually turns into soil True. that you can grow the food in food. from the restaurant where you exactly. got the, the plates and the cups. So it's this really cool story. Of it's a nice circularity. Uh, yeah. System so you're here. absolutely right. Composting plays a big role in plastic reduction climate change, you know, mitigation, um, ensuring that we don't have to go to a lot of extra effort to chuck it in the bin. If it's got food in it, you don't have to clean it out. True. Um, keeping it in our communities so it doesn't travel, you know, hundreds of miles away to a landfill where you're just going to make up more emissions and create more greenhouse gases. So just more benefits. I clearly could talk all day about the benefits. <laughs> right. No, no. I think it's, it's great. Um, so, um, as far as studies regarding composting goes, 
um, you know, I'm sure you, it, all this that you have is backed up by a lot of uh, study and research that is being done. Well, I mean, field research is limited as well. Um, I think we're really the only, you know, entity in, in North America. Granted, there have been a lot of companies and compulsors that have done their own field tests, so I'm not saying we're the only ones, but but I think just consolidating our core competency as providing the research in the piles to help the designer of a product better understand how it's performing in modern facilities. Right. I think that's where I'm really feeling our value right now. You know, you have a lot of big brands working on a lot of big stuff to 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 address climate change and plastic marine marine plastics and all those things. And they're seeing compostable as the option. But one of the things we're trying to create is a space so where composters are included in the dialogue. You know, what always concerns me is if, if you do this great design of this great program of this compostable, but you never integrated the composters that will right. receive it. I think that's a lot of why, you know, we have some of the recycling issues today that developed over time. There was a big disconnect. There is a disconnect. Between the actual I agree. design of those products okay. and the facilities that had to process them. So we're just Absolutely. trying to avoid that yes. by creating a space where we can't come together. And I like to say it this way. Composters are manufacturers. Product manufacturers are manufacturers. Right. If we can have manufacturer-to-manufacturer relationships, we can get a lot further a lot faster. Well, it is a product. around the circular economy. Absolutely. And it is a product that you manufacture out of waste. So it exactly. actually is a process of manufacturing it. So yeah, and it improves the environment. It's not, you're yes. not just making a product. You're making Absolutely. a product that cleans up waterways and, you know, filters out impurities in the soil and, you know, all those neighborhood bioswales where they have yeah. a fence around. Yeah. That's all of compost doing its job. So, That's so we're cleaning yeah. up the environment with the product we make. So it doesn't get better than that. Absolutely. And that's a huge plus point, right? I mean, right. Um, for that matter. So, um, so how is industrial composting different from home composting? You know, it's Great a question, question somebody can have at this point. So, Great question. So home composting, A, will be um, managed as well as the person that understands how to manage it. So, you know, we take our, our browns and our greens, and carbon right. and nitrogens, and we have a nice mix, and we take our leaves and our grass and our food scrap. And, and, and just like at an industrial composter, you have to turn the pile. You can't just throw it in there and, you know, think it's compost, you know, a year True. later when you never turned it, right? True. So so you have to manage your pile um, at home to, to make good compost. But what you don't have in a home composting system, you don't have a lot of the mechanical controls. True. You clearly don't have the volume. You know, you're just doing your thing for your house. And again, we're all for home composting. Because then it doesn't leave your house at all, and you're just making it for your own. That environmentally, that's the most important thing to do is home true, compost. True. But for a lot of people that don't have land or might live in a multifamily resident, a residential complex, or you know they really don't have the time, they're getting the kids to school when schools meeting, <laughs> non COVID, and um, they're busy. Um, then having the curbside option is great. So industrial composting is different in that it has. You know, you have to have a permit for it. So you have to have a lot of certain kinds of equipment. Mm -hmm. You have to have certain environmental controls. You have to be able to do a lot of volume in peak season. True. So it takes a lot of labor. It takes a lot of, um, 
it can take a lot of labor. It can take a lot of um, technology to manage it through the high season. Yes. Um, and it has to be very controlled because understand a comp industrial composter is manufacturing a product that they want people to buy every year. Mm. So just like a product that you would get used to, like a coffee, you know, a certain brand of coffee. Oh, I like it this color. I like it this dark. I like it this kind. I like it with a little sand. I like the topsoil blend. That product has to be consistent year after year after year. So if there's not a lot of control or, or the blend changes a lot, you know, they, they can't always create a consistent product. So on the flip side of what we do, if they get things that aren't compostable or don't meet the composter standard, that can really inhibit their ability to sell a consistent looking performing product. And that's really what we're trying to address is for comp many composters, industrial composters, the real opportunity to add profit to the bottom line is when they sell their product. Right. So, so it's very controlled, very different, follows a very regimented system when it's industrial, probably has permit requirements on how they run every day. Mm -hmm. And the technology is built for a lot of volume. And you're going to get a lot higher temperatures. True. So that's one thing I would point out that gets asked a lot. Oh, can I put this compostable portion cup in my home composting? Only if you hit 170 degrees or 160, which a home composting pile with all the best no. management you're right. will never hit that temperature. So those are really not intended unless they say right. home compostable. They're right. really not intended for for home composting piles. Okay. And um, I'm sure you have a website. And uh, do you have like a list of things that can be yes. composted? Yes. So what, with all our testing we've done at the various processes we've tested in, it's um, you can either go to composterapproved.com or compostmanufacturingalliance.com, but composterapproved is shorter. And you just go to accepted products mm -hmm. on our, our page, on our homepage, and it'll drop down and give you a list for different cities with the map right. of the cities and what they accept. And that map is growing. You know, we're getting more and more facilities calling because this is really kind of a, I guess you could say, very efficient system to connect everybody. Yes, um, exactly. To what works. Yes, because um, there is no other like it in the U.S., at least I know of. Um, yep. So I I think this is a brilliant initiative for that matter. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And, I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and um, you know the the issue of composting has uh, it it gets asked everywhere. Even if you walk down the road to your neighbor's house or even with friends, you know people ask, okay, what can you compost or what you can't compost and so things like that. So somebody um, you know who can go to your website and get that kind of a list, uh, it'll really help them do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, uh, the next question I have is, you know, packaging is a huge part of who we are and in this world, right? So how do you, um, I mean, what kind of packaging uh, is required? How do you evaluate different kinds of packaging that can be composted? Or do you have any standards and, um, you know, any studies done in that regard? As to Well, I think, um, you know, again, our prerequisites are really that they meet the lab standards to ensure they're safe materials and that they've already been vetted in a laboratory through a recognized um, 
ASTM or American Society of Testing Methods mm-hmm. program, then mm-hmm. they, we can check off they've met that requirement in the lab. Right. So after they meet that, we're really, you know, we, 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 are, we are really only interested in dine-in food service mm-hmm. items. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we're not really ready for, and this is just my opinion and, and several of my partners, is really, you know, if everybody makes everything compostable, then, then that's not necessarily the best thing either, at least right now. And True. what I mean by that is, you know, if, if there's a category like, you know, a candy bar wrapper or, a, you know, something on the shelf at the store, if mm-hmm. only one company makes that compostable but nobody else does, yes, then you're going to get, people are going to get confused and go, oh, well, is are they all compostable now? So, so we would throw caution out there that to do programs that expand to, grocery retail type of items or or items that aren't food related like mm-hmm. we've had people that want to make compostable you know packing peanuts or right. something that would replace a plastic alternative that we appreciate the intention and we're all about zero waste but at the end of the day those really aren't practical inputs for a composter um, because they look like not compostables and we we just have a long way to go so I would say we can stick to food service and food related. Mm-hmm. We really need to get better at that right now. And we can really focus in on that. Then I think once we solve some of the problems with mixed contamination coming in yes. and all that, then I think we can move on to those other areas where at the end of the day, the thing I always like to remember to say is we take compostable packaging to get the food that will come with it. It's not right. that empty packaging is super valuable True. to a composter but it is valuable if there's food in it that we're not going to landfill True. so if everybody can kind of keep that mindset i'm not saying we wouldn't look at other things down the road but i i do think everybody needs to be cognizant let's start with food and then slowly look at what we can pioneer down the road in some of the other categories and this has to be done across the board like you said i mean you can't have some people doing it and some and that's why we it. did a national network i mean if you go to our website you'll see on the accepted products page a map full of our facilities we're all agreeing to accept these standards wow because we're the facilities that are the ones that are going to you know somebody's going to make a compostable item and and if they've never talked to us, we're the facilities that have to deal with that. That's why we're True. hoping to talk ahead of time. True. And test those things ahead of time. So all these people aren't taking their investments to create these compostables, only to find out, oh, I thought I could sell it in this town and this town, and they don't want it. And it's like, why not? Well, the composter actually wants to test it too. Yes. So we're really trying to help them avoid some blockages down the road. Right. By utilizing our network. Right. In fact, that was going to be my next question. I mean, uh, what are the certain roadblocks that you're seeing right now, um, you know, in, in, in what you're doing or, or uh, in, in establishing a system or even in the foreseeable future? Uh, uh, roadblocks from, from what perspective? From, um, from uh, the composting part of it. I think not being part of the dialogue is a huge roadblock or CMA wouldn't even exist. I do think there's this, this, you know, historical standard that once we designed it, we met the lab standards, we're done. And again, we appreciate, we're business people too. We appreciate all the innovation and the intent to make excellent products, the compost, and we're 100% behind that. 
But I, we want to engage people in the thoughtfulness to understand exactly. that if you invested in all that, mm-hmm. if composters are part of your ideas yes. about the end of life, then, then you've only done half the work. And that might be like, oh, no, I got more work to do. But by the same token, we want to be able to accept those things. So we're, we're providing a way to do that. Right. So I think if CMA didn't exist, I think you'd have a lot of composters that would say no to all of it. But we're actually able to give them a system that allows them to take it. And I think that's the way product manufacturers need to under, feel about it, is we're really creating a network to sell your products into, exactly. assuming they compost okay. Exactly. And, and and sometimes, you know, they might have to do a couple iterations. You know, a lot of stuff passes just fine, but mm-hmm. there's some that might have to go back and be reformulated. And at the end of the day, that's really what we need because composters can't accept stuff that doesn't break down. Yes. So so I, I think this is really a new dialogue, and we're super excited to be a leader in it. But I think there's a lot more we can do together, and I think we can get there so much faster. I mean, I tell this story. You know, I worked in Seattle with the big composter here. When Cutlery first came out, I went to a big event. The mayor was there. And I brought the first compostable cutlery at any of any of the mayor's big meetings. And, and as they were stirring their coffee, they were pulling out stubs of nothing. And that's when, you know, cutlery only stood up to 110 degrees, right? Right. So over about seven years, you can throw that same spoon in a cup of hot chowder and it won't do that. So, so I know it's possible to improve products um, to hit both the performance targets in the field and the consumer needs. Right. And in the compost pile, but we need more of that. We need more of that engagement so we can make sure that that there's a feedback loop to the people making products, so they understand you can't just leave leave it at a lab standard. You have to take it a step further, at least from our opinion, right? To really make it a legitimate system. Okay, so yeah, I I believe that too. And uh, so you 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 are doing that. You are reaching out, or how are you? Uh, well, I surprisingly, um, we 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 get pretty steady incoming calls all the time. Oh, so, great! So we do a lot of leadership. I work on the U.S. Composting Council. It's a, a group called Target Organics. Our whole focus is to um, unlock capacity uh, opportunities for more composting in the U.S. So we're looking at the barriers. So I'm, mm-hmm. um, you know, clearly in that leadership position, I. I hear from both composters and packaging companies. Um, I've done a lot of speaking, a lot of webinars. Um, but we really haven't done a lot of marketing, and, and we seem to have a very steady stream of people calling and asking for assistance. So, um, so you're so working we're hoping on that. that in the new year that we will um, we have a little bit more budget now to expand more of our communications, which I think has been a bit weak. Um, we just haven't had the bandwidth because we're still relatively new. It's kind of growing. Right. Along with our ability to fund ourselves. But right. but I think in the next year, you're going to see a lot more of um, CMA doing a lot more communicating on this issue. And we're hoping to get your help uh, with that. Absolutely. Because, uh, I'm here. There's not I'm enough here. people talking about it. I know. I know. And and like you said, it has to get into people's mind. I mean, right. uh, on um, on home bases or, or in, in homes, people are trying to do whatever they can, right? I mean, in composting. So it is there. Uh, but actual education is required, I feel. There's so much education to be done. 
right. so much. Right. So uh, we talked about packaging. So what role does packaging play in composting? Um, you know, the kind of feed feedstock that you have or um, in that well, regard. Yeah, there are three, three things I would say. Um, first of all, as I mentioned before, packaging, it can be the provider. For instance, when you look at a lot of, you know, a lot of cities start by doing just yard waste, mm-hmm. you know, as part, as their first, the first thing they contract out for is like leaves and grass and all the great stuff at the curb. And so once you do food waste, there's more controls required, more processing, but right. that food waste could be 30 or 40% of what we ship to the landfill. So there's a big, there's a lot of it that we could be capturing and making compost out of. So a really good example of where packaging can help those programs is you know, they've done studies that say you don't get a lot of residential participation mm-hmm. when you don't use a bag, a compostable right. bag. Right. Because nobody wants to take a yucky container and, you know, yeah. one or two tries and it gets so dirty you don't. So the bag is just like a, a trash bag, only it's compostable, and, and they get a lot more participation. So that's one way where composters love it because they get more food, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of bags that break down in the lab and in the pile, so there's plenty of opportunities to get good compostable good. bags that are CMA certified. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way. Um, I would say the other thing that we that I'd love to start exploring is contamination reduction. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if you look at what the number one contaminants are in, in composting piles, at least from my experience, failed plastic is a big one. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Okay, if you think about it, you bring all this produce home and, all this stuff and the lettuce has a plastic cover on it and and you put your zucchini in a plastic yes. bag and now there's plastic over the zucchini oh yes <laughs> right yes and all that's great because that that plastic over the zucchini allows that a, another 14 day shelf life well it's the bane of a composter's True. existence if, if it ends up in <clears throat> so are there ways to design things that could perform to do that, that also would compost well so they're not contaminants. True. And I would love to tell you people always pull the sticker off the fruit. I and know. The, but, <laughs> but so could you use compostables as a contamination reduction strategy? Could you look at all those yeah. categories that are actually contaminating compost and to convert them to compostable to clean up the piles? That would be another way packaging can play a role. And then I think finally, I think... Um, you know, packaging, again, plays a role when it brings in, you know, food or it helps keep, you know, streams clean of, of non-compostables. And I use a, a really good example. There's a lot done with uh, uh, a restaurant chain, Nature Works, uh, worked on a case study with uh, Taco Time, mm-hmm. um, a local company here, actually, but they have multiple stores where they do a one-bid system. And it's all compostable, so they don't get cross-contamination between recyclables and compostables. And it's great for their consumers because they just have one bin. Oh, that's great. they don't have to think about sorting. So if we can create BMPs and systems together that allow it just to be, there's only one bin because it's all compostable and it all works. Yes. Then we we can, everybody can benefit from that. And, and, And as you well know in the work you do, Sorting and, and oh, yeah. consumer education. It's, you got to make it absolutely. simple. Absolutely. Um, I mean, a, per, a person should be able to understand, a consumer on, on a basic level should be able to understand. And that's where it starts. 
Right. So, um, and that's, again, that leads to my next question is, what efforts are being done, you know, on grassroots levels um, to educate a consumer or, um, you know, in counties and cities uh, to kind of establish, a, you know, an integrated system um, of composting? Uh, whether it's involving composting uh, manufacturers, composting facilities, um, and so on. So, well, usually the way the mechanics work. So, so composting programs are are hyper local. They're built in communities. They don't go anywhere. They stay in the community. That's why they're great sustainability models. But they're driven by policies, and they're driven right. by by cities and municipalities. To your point. So what I found very effective in, in my years working in the solid waste and composting systems is really working on collaborative programs where the cities, the mm -hmm. haulers, the composters, the product sellers, the distribution arms are all talking together because I always call it the, the beach ball. You know, there's a red stripe and the green stripe and the blue stripe. Mm -hmm. You have to have the 360 degree view of who makes it successful and you have to take the time and the discipline to work through the issues together. So if you designed a program and you were just the composter, but you never included the hauling company and, and the sellers of the products, you might think you have the greatest program in the world, right. but it falls apart because you didn't know all these other factors that would have made it a little bit easier to design it well. So yeah. I think that's what I would encourage and that we're always encouraging and we're actually hosting groups now that kind of talk about the stakeholder experience of mm -hmm. building programs together. Mm -hmm. It might take a little bit longer, but the programs will be solid. So I would say the way we help create opportunities to do more and do it well is to really treat this as a collaborative exactly. program Absolutely. where we, if we're not talking, if, if you go to your hauler and you were to start a group, you know, where you live and bring all those entities together it's amazing the kind of work you can do it and, and and i hate to say it but in many many cases in my experience those conversations aren't happening I know. across the u.s they're happening with cma and its partners but they really need to happen with everybody yeah and i think because it takes a lot of effort um you know it's it's getting out of your comfort zone and doing something and um uh, frankly speaking, I think right now we do need to get out of that comfort zone uh, at you. different and levels. I think, that, I think the other thing, too, and I just speak for composters, I composters investing in the infrastructure that we do enjoy now, granted we want a lot more. I mean, I'm always going to stand by the comp. It's a hard, it can be a hard industry. It's very seasonal. There's a lot of pressures. There's more pressure to take more. They are businesses. They need to. They need right. to be profitable. They need to be able to grow their businesses. We have to be concerned about their business model. Absolutely. And I think that they're more than happy to be part of the solution. But I do think it's these engagement models, like CMA's created, that really creates a place where where we can solve problems together. And and there's and, and I'm thrilled at the number of leaders out there from all aspects: supply chain leaders, product developers that really get this and really get excited about working together. So uh, I have great hope and, and we're already making progress in some areas I never thought we would. So, oh, I'm so glad really to hear collaboration, that. collaboration, collaboration. Yeah, That's I think that I is the name of the game now. I mean, um, and I've been saying this in my podcasts too, I think uh, because I do see all these companies um, 
coming together and collaborating um, for a common goal. And I think that's what we need now. I mean, we are we are at a point where we have to collaborate. We have no choice there. Yeah. Um, because you can't do this individually. Um, and no. It's, it's a collaborative effort. Yeah, so. I feel a very different system kind of thinking that. Not just about CMA. We're just right. one piece. Right. But I'm feeling this cultural it is, it shift, is shift in, the, is in the way happening. we kind of engage yes. these kind of issues, especially environmentally. Yes. People are a lot more informed. There's a... There's a lot more ability to inform people, but we got to, to your point, we really not need to get the messaging clear, straight, understandable. And I do think there's a big disconnect between absolutely a lot of what's being done in the solid waste and product development field and the actual consumer that's out there really wanting to do the do, right thing and doesn't know what the right thing is. Yes, so, you're right, because I have people asking me, even on local levels, what am I supposed to do about composting? Is there a place I could go to? So somebody, um, so that's why people who are listening to my podcast are giving me these feedbacks um, that, you know, um, and I'm really glad that we could connect and uh, I'm so glad to host you here today. Um, well, it's been a pleasure and obviously I have plenty to say, so. I oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. On your podcast anytime absolutely. Or happy to. No, we will have you come back and, um, you know, we, we want to wish you um, all the best and uh, looking forward to all the milestones that you are going to cross and uh, uh, any help I can be, I will definitely do my best to thank be there uh, we, will, we will count on that and we just really love the work you're doing as well so thank you for oh, the connection thank you so much um and yes um you know looking forward to another great hosting with you okay uh, and you uh, well. now people can go to your website as well and if they need any uh help or any kind of information um so thank you again for being here and thank you for everybody who's listening. Um, you know, uh, you can get all the information at uh, Cool Earth Connections. Uh, you could go to www.sustainablepackagingservices.com and get uh, uh, the information or connect to us uh, at connections um, at sustainableservicespackagingservices.com. So that'll be awesome, um, you know. And thank you again, Susan. And um, we'll see you uh, soon. And please stay tuned for fantastic interviews that are coming up. Actually, I have a pretty good lineup coming up. So it'll be great.